Who's happy is here? Are you new to this channel? Are you? I bet you most of you are going to leave like in 10 seconds. <laughs> Good. You know why? Because I only want people that actually want to listen to poetry. I only want people that actually want to are curious about poetry. I want people that actually are new to poetry as well as the ones that actually are know of poetry, right? So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, whatever you're going to do tomorrow, whatever you're going to say or think, this is a place where you can actually learn about poetry. Poetry can offer you some wisdom. It can offer you some ways of growing intellectually as well as spiritually, and sometimes both at the same time. So guess what? You're in the right place. Whatever you've been doing, whatever challenges you're facing, poetry is here to help you understand yourself and the people around you, as well as the things that you will face. So get ready to hear some good, good poems. If you have a request, if you speak another language, let me know which poet you want me to read later this evening. Tonight is a request time. So if you have some poems, if you have a poet in mind, do you want to listen to that? To all my Spanish speakers, bienvenidos a todos. Esto es el J. Roldan Podcast. Así que muchas gracias por estar aquí. Estoy muy agradecido por ustedes y espero que lo disfruten esta noche. Gran abrazo para ustedes. Bienvenuti a tutti. Eh? <laughs> And to all my Portuguese friends, bienvenidos. Eu falo portuñol. Eu tenho família em em Anápolis, sur do Brasil, né? Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. And you guys, gonna, you guys want to get ready for a poet named Sarah Tisdale? Yesterday I did some poems by her. And so tonight I want to do a second volume by Sarah Tisdale because this woman is amazing. If you don't know who she is, get ready because this is a, another place where we're going to, another time where we're actually going to read some of her later works. And I think you guys won't be disappointed. Yes, that's right, Sarah. I'm going to read some poems in French if you want some French. So my only, I guess, um, ask, right? My only requirement is that you give me a title and the poems of you know whoever it is that you want me to read right so give me the title give me the poet and i'll do the rest sounds good all right meanwhile you guys look that up i'm going to read a couple of poems by sarah tisdale once again this is a request night so if you have a poem or a poet that you want me to read from then let me know and by the way those of you who are from different countries please don't go away because i want to read your poem in your native language so please let me know what it is that you want me to read just to give you a little bit of information about me i actually was born in thailand grew up in the middle east and lived in central america for part of my life and also came to the united states at a college age ish and uh, did most of my high school in canada and funny thing is i'm actually from south america originally and I still have my citizenship from there, but now I'm a U.S. citizen, so all good things. And so I'm very familiar with various languages. I speak three different languages, and I know several others uh, enough to at least carry me about the streets, not enough to actually have an intellectual conversation. So once again, those of you who are actually new to this channel, let me know what language you want me to read, and I will do my best. Okay. The only exception that I'm a little bit, a little bit like challenged by is Norwegian. Okay, and also. Um, uh, what is it? Shoot. 
yeah so mostly the scandinavian uh, languages <laughs> so that's going to be really be a little bit of a challenge but i'll do my best to you know enunciate as you would like anyway if you have a poem give me the poets give me the title and i'll do the rest all right please don't tell me just pick a poem by some poet because I need you to do that, right? I'm already busy enough, right? Like trying to figure this out and like trying to like organize everything. So please do me a favor, <laughs> give me the title, give me the poet, and then I'll try to see what I can do after that. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, you look that up. I'm going to read a couple of poems by Sarah Tisdale. And I think you guys won't be disappointed because this one is actually a very good one. You guys ready? All right. This one is titled New Love and Old. You ready? All right, here we go, guys. I'm gonna start in five, four, three, two. In my heart, the old love struggled with the new. It was ghostly waking all night through. Dear things, kind things, that my old love said, ranged themselves reproachfully round my bed. But I could not heed them, for I seemed to see the eyes of my new love fixed on me. Old love, old love, how can I be true? Shall I be faithless to myself or to you? Come on, y'all. Did you understand that one? So good. So good. Come on. Look at this. Look at this. Let me read this one more last, one last time. Okay? Seriously, listen to this. Okay? Like, like, just stop what you're doing. Stop with it. Okay? Put the laundry away. It's going to be there by the time you get back to it. So just leave it where it is. The pets are fine. The dog, just put it outside somewhere in the yard or something. If hopefully it's fenced in, just leave it. Leave, leave it alone, okay? Just they'll be fine. Hopefully the kids are asleep. But if not, maybe maybe like make them listen to this poem and I'll put them to sleep. <laughs> if you're with your husband or your wife or your companion or whatever, just sit on the couch together and just listen to this, okay? One last time, seriously, one last time. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Five, four, three. In my heart, the old love struggled with the new. It was ghostly waking all night through. Dear things, kind things, that my old love said, ranged themselves reproachfully round my bed. But I could not heed them, for I seemed to see the eyes of my new love fixed on me. Old love, old love, how can I be true? Shall I be faithless to myself or to you?
This is written by an amazing female poet. And I know all you ladies out there have gone through some very difficult decisions, right? You probably met a nice guy at some point in your life, and then you probably like met another nice guy at some point in your life, and sometimes you met them kind of like accidentally, simultaneously, and then you're left scratching, oh man, what do I do? Do I go with my old love, or do I go with the new? Do I tell my old love, man, I love so many great things about you, I just love ya, you know? other dude <laughs> of course you're not gonna tell him that but you're thinking that right so then like what do you do how can I be true shall I be faithless to myself or to you what would you do do you want to be true or do you want to honor the first one <laughs> it's a very difficult decision yes I know but here's a problem this is something that Sarah Tisdale wants you to think about see if you be true to yourself right which is a very popular phrase by the way right especially in modern times right be true to yourself be true to you listen to yourself what if who we are and who we are true to ourselves is already broken already tarnished already just all kinds of blemishes and tainted is that who you want to be I think not you see, it's very important to be honorable. And here's the craziest thing about honor. It's not natural. It's not natural at all. See, if you break down the word honor, okay, if you actually break it down into its root words, right, you'll find that part of the definition of the root word of honor, honor, right? It means like a, um, how do you say this in English? Uh, like, a, like a cauldron, like, like a pot, right? Like a, like a huge pot, like a cauldron, okay? Basically, a, a, like an like a oven, on orno, okay? <laughs> and what do you do with these cauldrons? Well, you put in some ingredients, right? And you mix it and you stir it and you create something from these mixtures of ingredients and so the idea of honor is that you actually have to put in the right ingredients because if you put in the wrong ingredients then all of a sudden you're not going to be honorable see there's only one type of honor here honor is the same universally okay and i can attest to that by the way okay <laughs> there is a very very honorable way to conduct yourself in many cultures 
maybe not every single culture, but guarantee a lot of cultures. Okay, I'm including the Middle East, I'm including Central America, I'm including South America, I'm including most of Europe, right? And also Eastern Oriental uh, Asia, right? I've never been to Australia, so I don't know if those guys uh, do honor, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar. Anyway, the point is that I'm trying to go with, guys, is that, see, this pot that you're putting all of these ingredients in, right, all of these recipes, has a very distinct purpose. I guarantee you, some of, some of y'all, and I'm including myself, by the way, we probably cooked some things that were terrible. <laughs> like like truly terrible right <laughs> like it's like oh man this is gonna taste so good and then you like put that stuff and then like later it's like mm, nope <laughs> so you learn right you learn when you cook you learn certain things don't actually mix together and so at the end whenever you actually figure out a great recipe for whatever food or dish you're creating then you remember and you practice that recipe for the rest of your days because you don't want to go back to the time when you used to cook awful <laughs> you don't want to go back to the time you mixed two specific ingredients and they actually didn't complement each other right and that's how honor is see honor has a very distinct way and the point is guys is that it's not natural for us to be honorable we have to learn how to dish away things that are awful for us, things that don't actually mix together, things that are really, really just not good for us. And so when you figure it out, when you once you realize, oh, this doesn't go with this, so therefore I'm just going to like knock that out and keep the other thing, eventually you will come up with a really great recipe and understand what honor looks like and feels like and it's how it's conducted point being guys is that when you when you do you you actually don't really understand how to actually create honor and practice honor that's why you have to look at people that actually are honorable people that are actually great at conducting themselves things people that are actually very very reliable trustworthy that are affectionate that are compassionate that are forgiving that are steadfast and you learn from them you learn from those type of people that's why that's why it's important to actually do them so therefore you can learn from them and then reciprocate that in you and therefore then you can do you after you learn from them don't do it the other way because <laughs> then you're just going to come up with a really bad recipe and nobody's going to want to taste that guarantee it okay they'll get kind of like you know cringy or like you know, just kind of like walk away from it. It's like, ugh, it's too bad, right? But you know you are naturally attracted to those that are honorable. That's just the way it is, okay? You just, we have this natural like longing and just this really, really intricate connection with wanting of connection of those that are honorable. We want to learn from them. We want to flock to them. And so where I'm... Just to sort of wrap this up, guys, is that Sarah Tisdale herself in this poem was asking those questions. How can I be true? Shall I be faithless 
to myself or to you. <laughs> it's a very difficult decision, but it's one that you must make that is honorable. That's really the main recipe here. What is it that is going to bring you honor? You cannot be honorable to yourself because no one will appreciate that. <laughs> right? Think about it. If you're in like this giant mansion and the only person that resides in it is you, who's going to like learn from you? Who's going to appreciate you? Nobody. <laughs> Just yourself. Right? In other words, you're just going to walk around the hallways and like look at yourself, right? Put a bunch of mirrors down the hallway and be like, hmm, yes, I look great today. Oh, how are you today? Yes, I, I'm, I'm great. How about you? Are you going to talk to yourself? Are you going to look at yourself? No, man. No. Live in this mansion with a bunch of people that you love, that you care for. Be honorable to them. And they will see that and they will absolutely want to be with you and learn from you and be led by you and be just embraced by you and want to learn from you just as much as you want to learn from them. Right. Once again, this was No Love and Old by Sarah Tisdale. That is poem number one, y'all. Can you believe it? That's right. By the way, I don't mean to ignore anybody's comments here. As all of you know, especially the, my uh my longtime followers here, thank you so much for being here, obviously. And all of you know that like, I get sort of lost in these sort of explanations. And those of you who are new, my profession is I work for a particular university. Please don't ask me where, okay? And I work for a particular university. And, well, this is the way I like to think. And this is the way I like to like offer lectures and things like that. So hopefully you learn something new. Hopefully there's something that you enjoy about it. And once again, thank you so much for being here. Share this live because we need more people to learn from poetry, y'all. There's some gr really great wisdom out there from poems and from great poets. And I know all of you know this because I know all of you have been exposed to some great poems out there. Some of you are great fans of Tennyson, of Miss Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She's amazing, right? Obviously, Emily Dickinson and, you know, Robert Frost and Wallace Stevens and all kinds of other international poets, right? Neruda, um, Mario Belotti, or Mario Benedetti, right? And then Rumi, Khalil Gibran, right? All kinds of awesome poets out there all over the world, right? Asia, Africa, Australia, Europe, South America, Central America, North America, you know, even the Canadians. <laughs> all you Canadians, I got nothing but love for y'all. I live, used to live in Ontario, so I got a great, great place in my heart for all of my Canadian friends in Ontario, all right? Go Leafs. Come on. We got to win the Stanley Cup one day, okay? I'm a big fan of the Leafs, so one day I'm just going to be, you know, shouting for joy whenever we win the Stanley Cup one day. So anyway, <laughs> back to some great um, Sarah Tisdale poems. All right, y'all. That was poem number one. Does anybody have any crests? Once again, does anybody have any requests? Sorry, I, I don't know if I missed any. I'm sure you did. Um, if not, I can go to the next poem. <laughs> but 
Let me know if there is a poem that you would want me to read. If not, I'll go ahead and go to the second poem. All right? <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so this one's titled... The Lighted Window. You guys ready? Once again, this is titled The Lighted Window. Here we go, guys. Don't you love this soundtrack, by the way? I love this soundtrack. It's so good. And no, it's not by Tony Anderson, who is my favorite. All right, here we go, guys. Here we go. Let's do this, y'all. You ready? Okay, let's do this. Get those AirPods on. Get those earphones on. You're going to love this. Let's do the five-finger countdown. He said, in the winter dusk, when the pavements were gleaming with rain, I walked through a dingy street, hurried, harassed, thinking of all my problems that never are solved. Suddenly out of the mist, a flaring gas jet shone from a huddled shop. I saw through the bleary window a mass of playthings, false faces hung on streaks, strings, valentines, paper and tinsel, tops of scarlet and green, candy marbles, jacks, a confusion of color, pathetically gaudy and cheap. Once more, these things were treasures, wildly desired. With covetous eyes, I looked again at the marbles. The precious agates, the pewees, the chinnies. Then I passed on. In the winter dusk, pavements were gleaming with rain. There, in the lighted window, I left my boyhood. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's any dudes in this life, come on dudes, speak up man, because this has to speak to you, okay? Ladies, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight as to possibly why men are the way they are. Okay? What I'm about to say won't enlighten you totally. Some of you guys already know this. But here's something very peculiar about men. Here it is. read these last three lines. In the winter dusk, the pavements were gleaming with rain, and there in the lighted window, I left my boyhood.
remember when my father left for a different country for his work. And I remember just saying goodbye to him. crying and this was you know I was like 10 okay I just want to clarify I was 10 but I was crying and I just you know I was gonna miss them and as I hugged him and he got into the vehicle and left my mother reassured me that Everything's going to be fine. He's going to be gone for a while. But we'll go see him, you know, when he's at the at the new country station. <laughs> Not country station, but at the new headquarters that he was going to be working for for a while. So, I remember my room had this, just this very modest window. And I would look out into the world and like just try to picture, you know, what he was doing, where he was, if he was okay, and just wondering if at some point there was going to be a car that was going to be pulling up to the house and it was going to be him. And I would do this frequently, maybe not every single day, but frequently. And the window became this sort of like transport of like illusion and time and just trying to like picture this world that you know had him coming home and you know it's a very simple concept and i'm sure many of you have done this before and so there's something very peculiar about a man and the way we window shop See, you may think that this is a practice that women do, but it's actually more like intricate connection with men because we don't actually shop for something. We imagine and we think and we try to like connect with this world of imagination that we look through a window. So for example, the story that many of you know um, give me one second. So the story of Alice in Wonderland, right? Which was written by Lewis Carroll, correct? What was the pivotal point of when Alice actually journeyed into the other world? Do you remember that pivotal point in the story? It's going to knock your socks off right, right now. <laughs> it's the mirror, right? But the mirror wasn't really a mirror it was actually kind of like a window it was a window into another world it was a window into another realm an illusion you see this is exactly how men think this is how exactly how men ponder this is how men actually try to connect with the world and so many times we actually imagine our loved ones in those illusionary worlds and even if that world will never come true 
it doesn't matter to us because we hold to the we hold on to that illusion as much as possible because that motivates us to be who we are which is men we want to be the man we want to be the one that is constantly looking into the future constantly want to pursue things that are almost unreachable this is how we dream this is how we think and imagine and talk and feel <laughs> once again the window is a gate into the future a possible future it may not come to come to fruition but it will constantly motivate us <laughs> here's a great line from one of my favorite all-time songs from an old Mexican love song and the line when you translate it says let me dream in my illusion of you because that's how I am most happiest see people will try to stop a man from wanting to have this illusion of this woman that they love but that's who they love that's who they want that's who they want to pursue it does catch us off guard when we come across a woman that actually fits though that same profile that's in our dreams that's in our imagination that's in that illusionary world we get nervous because all of a sudden after years and years of spending sitting and standing behind this window all of a sudden you're there and it's like what wait 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 what let me pinch myself for a second let me do one of these <laughs> right like let me scratch my head what no you can't be real Right? And then some guys will actually stare at you and it's like... Right? Because we can't almost fully process your reality with our illusion. They almost don't connect there. But we do know one thing for sure. You're, you are what we imagined. Our young life. Right? Maybe not your entire life, but a lot of your life you see this is the lighted window <sighs> tell you guys Sarah Tisdale by the way if you missed that beginning she actually she actually wrote he said right so this is coming from a man so she hit she hit like hit in the sense of like she got it right she she got exactly how a guy thinks I left my boyhood game over y'all <laughs> so good my goodness what an amazing amazing short poem by an amazing poet 
by Sarah Tisdale. Whew. Ready for another one? Yeah, I thought so. I got you. I got you. I got you. This one's titled Swans. is over the park, and a few brave stars look on the lights that link it with chains of gold. The lake bears up their reflection in broken bars that seem too heavy for tremulous water to hold. the swans that sleep in a shadowy place, and now and again one wakes and uplifts its head. How still you are, your graze and gaze is on my face. And we watch the swans and never a word is said. We watch the swans and never a word is said. Please, if you've never done this before, if you know where swans are, if you, if you live close to like a lake or a pond or some botanical garden of some sort, Go check it out, especially at night. It's so majestic, right? There's these like really simple but very elegant creatures that are just going about and floating in many ways gliding along this reflective water, right? And go there with somebody because both of you can just feel this amazing, like, majestic witnessing of these elegant creatures just swimming about. Right? Aye, aye, aye. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> Sarah Tisdale, man. What a thinker. From the Woolworth Tower. You ready for this one? This one's pretty long, actually. Give me a second while I... While I get a song for this one. Okay, here we go. One second. Here we go. You guys ready? Vivid with love, eager for greater beauty, out of the night we come, 
into the corridor, brilliant and warm. A metal door slides open, and the lift receives us. Swiftly, with sharp, unswerving flight, the car shoots upward, and the air, swirling and angry, howls like a hundred devils. Past the maze of trim bronze doors, steadily we ascend. I cling to you, conscious of the chasm under us, and a terrible whirring deafens my ears. The flight is ended. We pass through a door leading into onto the ledge. Wind, night, and space. Oh, terrible height! Why have we sought you? Oh, bitter wind with icy, invisible wings! Why do you beat us? Why would you bear us away? We look through the miles of air. The cold blue miles between us and the city, under the edge of eternity, we look on all the lights, a thousand times more numerous than the stars. Oh, lines and loops of light in unwound chains that mark for miles and miles the vast black mazy cobweb of the streets. Near us clusters and splashes of living gold that change far off to bluish steel. Where the fragile lights on the Jersey Shore tremble like drops of wind-stirred dew. The strident noises of the city, floating up to us, are hallowed into whispers. Fairies across through the darkness. Weaving a gold thread into the night, their whistles weird shadows of sound. We feel the millions of humanity beneath us, warm millions moving under the roofs, consumed by their own desires, preparing food, sobbing alone in a garret, with burning eyes bending over a needle. Aimlessly reading the evening paper, dancing in the naked light of the cafe, lying out the dead, and laying out the dead, bringing ch a child to birth, the sorrow, the torpor, the bitterness, the frail joy, come up to us like a cold fog wrapping us round. Oh, in a hundred. Not one of these blood-warm bodies, but will be worthless as clay. Hmm. The anguish, the torpor, the toil will have passed to other millions. Consumed by the same desires, 
ages will come and go. Darkness will blot the lights, and the tower will be laid on the earth. The sea will remain black and unchanging. The stars will look down, brilliant and unconcerned. Beloved, though sorrow through futility, defeat. Surround us. They cannot bear us down. Here, on the abyss of eternity, love has crowned us. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Dang it! Wow, guys, if you could only see how long this poem is. Basically, four fifths of this poem was her basically like trying to illustrate the insignificance of life itself by all of these people. That are underneath them, right? So they're actually flying on a plane, and she's looking down, and all these people, all these cities, all these lights, all of these people moving about, doing the same things every day, right? It's like a mundane routine, almost insignificant, right? Like just the same thing, same thing by every city, right? Every city is doing the same, right? Like, like not at the same time, but it's like the same purpose, right? Cooking, fighting, you know, going through a nervous. Breakdown of some sort, whatever it is, right? Exercising, all these things, right? And then she ends it with, "You and I, my dear, right, beloved. Even though we're surrounded by futility, by sorrow, and many ways defeat, they cannot bear us down." Love has crowned us for a moment, victors. <laughs> if there's any dudes in this life, and ladies, if you want to make a man feel like a king, that's exactly how you should see this. <laughs> All these other people, they got nothing. When it's compared to us, you're my king. Love has crowned us for a moment, victors. If you cannot feel that, y'all, if you cannot feel that, you really need to go and buy yourself a poem about the best 100 poems ever written in the world, and read every single poem. Front to back, back to front, upside down, sideways, underwater, in the air, <laughs> on a tree, in your patio, at the beach, at the summit of a mountain, 
on your couch, in your patio, with your dog, with your children, with your spouse, next to a fireplace, on your bed, or just at work and doing absolutely nothing. Read these poems. They will speak to you, and you will find a way to connect with them. Guaranteed. And have some this music in the background, right? Just let it immerse you in these words, because love has crowned us for a moment, victors. Kita, if you're listening to this, this is what I want, we, this is what I want you to say at our wedding. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all good stuff, y'all. All good stuff. Sarah Tisdale, once again, this is volume two of Sarah Tisdale Night. All right? You're welcome. She is an amazing woman. So, number one for me in terms of female poets is Elizabeth Browning. Sarah Tisdale is number two for me. <laughs> She's amazing. All right. You guys ready for another one? Yes, I know you are. I know you are. You know why? Because I am. So, there we go. <laughs> this one's titled... city grows quiet between us. She hushes herself, for midnight makes heavy her eyes. The tangle of traffic is ended. The cars are empty. Five streets divide us, and on them the moonlight lies. That's not the one I'm... <laughs> one second. That is not 
the song that I wanted. Huh. Well, isn't this a pleasant surprise? Here we go. Let's try this one. Here we go. This one's titled To the Years. And then followed by Peace. Okay, so this is going to be back-to-back poems to the years and then followed by a poem called Peace. Here we go. the vivid sky. My hopes were heaven high, and they are all fulfilled in you. I am the pool of gold, when sunset burns and dies. You are my deepening sky. (laughs) 
Give me your stars to hold. What a talent. What an amazing writer. What words. Come on, y'all. Tell me you didn't feel that one. You should connect with that. those two poems. Let them speak to your heart. Let them build roots. Let them grow. Let them connect with your memories and amend all of the tearful experiences. Let them weed out all of those painful memories. Let them push you towards an altruistic truth and when you actually come across compassion and a knowledge and a thirst for love. on to the practice of grace and forgiveness and I guarantee you it will change and alter your life and the relationships you come across and have already established and you will sleep so peacefully at night and you will wake with a sudden joy and a gratitude that is beyond compare, beyond words, beyond understanding. And it's all because of the altruistic truth and the grace and the forgiveness that comes and stems from of spring come with arms outstretched to take me come with lips pursed up to cling come for life is a frail moth flying caught in a web of the years that pass and soon we too so warm and eager will be as the gray stones in the grass still rain falling, too tired for singing mirth, oh be the green fields calling, oh be for me the earth, I am the brown bird pinning to leave the nest and fly, oh be the fresh cloud shining, for me the sky
amazing, an amazing world we live in. <laughs> what amazing creations, what amazing beings. What an amazing craft. Thank God for poetry, man. Thank God Almighty. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for, the, for these, this craft of, that we call poetry. We seriously don't take it serious. <laughs> That's the problem. We don't take poetry serious. You know, and when I say serious, I mean like we don't take it to heart. Doesn't mean like, you know, we have to be sad and like lonely all the time. Okay? It's uplifting. Poetry like carves out all of the dumbness and the very ordinary and just chisels all of the stuff and once it's carved and sculpted and polished and left to be it reminds us of what we are, what we can be, what we were. It is an art beyond arts. It is a craft seemingly endless. This is my heart to you. My eyes convey this message to you now. Every word that I offer you, that I say to you, comes from a place cultured and cultivated by thousands and thousands of grandeur and grace and thankfulness and a beauty that was made ready for you. Do you think it likely that I do these lives for my own sake? Do you honestly believe that I speak like this to every single person? <laughs> when you talk to me and you see my face, Before I even say anything, do you know how I feel? Especially about you. Do you ever, ever feel at peace knowing that I am here with you? The things that I do, the things that I think the things that I say you see 
read poems so that my heart can be ready for you. You can call it a very, shall we say, brittle art, perhaps impractical, maybe even insignificant. But you know, you know that I say with every meaning that I can create for you is meaningful. It's full of meaning. And I'm never exhausted. Never alone. Because I have you in my Sarah Tisdale for y'all. It's amazing, right? She's an amazing writer. Cannot believe more people don't know about her. Let's get her out there, y'all. Let's tell other people about Sarah Tisdale. Let's nurture more people with some great, great words by an amazing woman, an amazing thinker, an amazing poet. Just a couple more here, guys. This one's titled Crowned. You ready? I wear a crown invisible and clear go my lifted royal way apart. Since you have crowned me softly in your heart, with love that is half ardent, half austere. And as a queen disguised might pass anear, the bitter crowd that barters in a mart, veiling her pride while tears of pity start. I hide my glory through a jealous fear, and my crown shall stay a sweet and secret thing, kept pure with prayer at 
even song and mourn. And when you come to take it from my head, I shall not weep, nor will a word be said. But I shall kneel before you, O my King. is a poor thing, neither bond nor free, and you must love me gladly, soul and body too. his call to follow. seeks the sea, and I am too generous a giver. Love will not stoop to drink of me. His feet will turn to desert places, 
shadowless, reft of rain and dew, where stars stare down with sharpened faces from heavens pitilessly blue. And there at, at midnight, sick with faring, he will stoop down in his desire to slake with the thirst grown past all bearing, to stagnant water keen as fire. Longing. for my soul, that it must go unsatisfied, for it can live a thousand times, eternity is deep and wide. I am not sorry for my soul. go back to the little drift of dust without the joy it longed to know. Pity. They never saw my lover's face. They only know our love was brief. that I can sing. They say, her love was scarcely deep since it has left so slight a sting. They never saw my love, nor knew that in my heart's most secret place I pity them as angels do.
is it is enough to feel his love blow by like music over me alchemy I lift my heart as spring lifts up a yellow daisy to the rain. My heart will be a lovely cup, although it holds but pain. For I shall learn from the flower and leaf color every drop they hold, to change the lifeless wine of grief, to living cold. Morning. out on an April morning, all alone for my heart's, for my heart was high. I was a child of the shining meadow. I was a sister of the sky. And there in the woody, windy flood of morning, longing left lifted its weight from me lost as a sob in the midst of cheering, swept as the seabird out to sea. After love, There is no magic when we meet. We speak as other people do. You work no miracle for me, nor I for you. You are the wind and I the sea. There is no splendor anymore. I have grown listless as the pool beside the shore. But though the pool is safe from storm, and from the tide has found surcease, it grows more bitter than the sea for all its peace. Until I lose my soul and lie blind to the beauty of the earth, deaf though a lyric wind goes by, dumb 
a storm of mirth. Until my heart is quenched at length, and I have left in the land of men. Oh, let me love with all my strength, and caress if I am loved again. A cloud in the heaven's height. The stars are lit for my delight. And tireless and changeful, swift and free, I cast my shadow on hill and sea. But why do the pines on the mountain's crest call to me always? Rest, rest. I throw my mantle over the moon. Nothing can tame me, nothing can bind. I am a child of the heartless wind, but oh, the pines on the mountain's crest, whispering always, rest, rest. The star. A white star born in the evening glow. Look to the round green world below. Saw a pool in a wooded place. Crowded in of earth, 
and called for a cup of wine. But the host went by with an averted eye from a thirst as keen as mine. Then I sat down with weariness and asked a bit of bread. But the host went by with averted eye and never a word he said. While always from the outer night the waiting souls came in with stifled cries of sharp surprise at all the light and din. Then give me a bed to sleep, I said, for midnight comes apace. But the host went by with averted eye. I never saw his face. Since there is neither food nor rest, I go where I fared before. But the host went by with averted eye and barred the outer door. Mother of a poet. One second. One second. <laughs> One more time. Here we go. She is too kind, I think, for mortal things. Too gentle for the gusty ways of earth. God gave to her shy and silver mirth and made her soul as clear and softly singing as an orchard springs in sheltered hollows all the sunny year. In sheltered hollows all the a spring that through the leaning grass looks up and holds all heaven in its claret cup Mirror to holy meadows, high and blue, with stars like drops of dew. I love to think that never tears at night have made her eyes less bright. That all her girlhood through never a cry of love made over tense her voice's innocence. That in her hands have lain flowers beaten by the rain, And little birds before they learn to sing, Drowned in the sudden ecstasy of spring. I love to think that with a wistful wonder, She held her baby warm against her breast, That never any fear awoke where under she shuddered at her gift or trembled lest through the great doors of birth here to a windy earth she lured from a heaven a half unwilling guest. 
She caught and kept his first vague, flickering smile, the faint ump lipping, leaping of his spirit's fire. And for a long, sweet while, in her was all he asked of earth or heaven. But in the end, how far past every shaking star should leap at last that arrow-like desire, his full-grown manhood's keen ardor toward the unseen. Dark mystery behind, beyond the plaids is seven. And in her heart she heard his first dim-spoken word. She only of them all could understand. Flushing to feel at last the silence overpassed. Thrilling as though her hand had touched God's hand, and in the end, how many words winged on a flight she could not follow. Farther than skyward lark or swallow, his lips should free to land she never knew. Braver than white sea-faring birds, with a fearless melody flying over a shining sea, a white star song between the blue and blue. Oh, I have seen a lake as clear and fair it were molten air, lifting a lily upward to the sun. How should the water know the glowing heart? That ever to the heaven lifts its fire a golden unchangeable desire? Water only knows the faint and rosy glows of underpetals opening apart, yet in the soul of earth, deep in the primal ground, its searching roots are wound, and centuries have struggled towards its birth. So, in the man who sings all of his voiceless horde, from the cold dawn of things have their reward, all in whose pulses ran blood that is his at last. From the first stooping man far in the winnowed past, out of the tumult of their loving, love and mating, earth each one created, seeing life was good, dumb till at last the song that they were awaiting breaks like brave April through a wintry wood. Twilight. The stately tragedy of dusk drew to its perfect close the virginal white evening star sank, and the red moon rose, 
love wind and light. I love men's faces and their eyes. I love my spirit's veering flight, like swallows under evening skies. Thoughts. When I can make my thoughts come forth, to walk like ladies up and down, each one puts on before the glass her most becoming hat and gown. But oh, the shy and eager thoughts that hide and will not get them dressed. Why is it that they always seem so much more lovely than the rest? One more. The Rose. 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 When I remember you, little lady, scarcely too, I am suddenly aware of the angels in the air. All your softly gracious ways make an island in my days where my thoughts fly back to be sheltered from too strong a sea. As your luminous delight shines before me in the night, when I grope for sleep and find only shadows in my mind. Rose, when I remember you white and glowing, pink and new, with so swift a sense of fun, although life has just begun. you all think, isn't Madame Tisdale an amazing writer? Isn't she an amazing thinker? Isn't she so 
good with words, right? Like putting them together, expressing exactly how she sees the world and experiences it. If I die before I kiss you, will you weep for me? Will you imagine how it felt like to be held by you, by me? Have you thought about what shape our silhouettes would make in our embrace? When we lie in bed and look at the stars from dusk till dawn, would you have wished to kiss me then and make love to me through the night? fun wasn't it why is it that you all show up late at night <laughs> i always get more followers i always get more people uh, when i'm finishing my lives <laughs> this was fun y'all i hope you guys enjoyed this and i hope that you have a wonderful start to your week i don't know what it is that you're getting into but hopefully you do it with a lot of fervor a lot of intention a lot of purpose and when you feel lonely, when you feel sad, when you feel happy and glad, make sure you read a poem to complement and parallel your mood, your state of being, and search for the best kind of goodness that is available to all mankind. And I guarantee your days will be fulfilled and never lonely. <laughs> Alright. Have a good night. Buenas noches. <laughs>